coming to you from inside the Waterson Expressway. Greatness started in Louisville, Kentucky. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe DeVerge. Louisville is the greatest. Hello and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe DeVerge. And I am Chris Hatfield. Gabe, this is a historic podcast. This is our <laughs> second only day only podcast. Outside of the emergency David Johnson one, this is the first one we've had in the daytime. So it's a little weird. It is a little odd. We're recording this on Friday, Black Friday at 1.32 p.m. Uh, we tried a few times to, to get together before Turkey Day and it just didn't work out. Uh, Chris, you've been a man on the run. You've been uh, all, all across this country. Uh, I've been just keeping it home uh, and, and staying in the homestead. And you've been in North Carolina. You're in Ohio right now. Uh, yep. This You're, is correct. You are um, in Buckeye Nation. Um, and then uh, <laughs> you did something amazing. You texted me the other night. Um, you told me you were hanging out with Heisman frontrunner Joe Burrow's parents. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Um, I went to a brewery here in Athens, Ohio, which is where my fiance's from, which is where Joe Burrow happens to be from. Right, right. Um, they didn't go to the same high school. They went to separate ones. But yeah, um, their their parents or her parents are huge. Obviously, everyone around here, if they're not an Ohio State fan at this point, it, it's kind of wild. Every single one is an LSU fan. Um, in the middle, <laughs> in the middle of you're you're one hour away from Columbus, and there's people in Athens that just have LSU flags hanging from their house. So it's actually like it's really cool. That is pretty um, interesting. But yeah, just just talking to their 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 parent her, or his parents was was fun. Um, they had a lot of you know negative stuff to say about Ohio State because Joe Burrow transferred from there, right? Um, and, and I think them along with with Joe are looking for that for for that game to happen um, in the in the college football playoff. It's going to be absolutely awesome if it does because, like I said, this it, it's so weird. Like I, I'm literally an hour away from Columbus and. You think this everyone here would be Ohio State fans, but there's so many people that are just like, I hope LSU plays Ohio State so we can see Joe Burrow kick their asses. Like it's that's, great. That's I, fascinating. It's really cool. No, that's incredibly fascinating. That's actually, I honestly, I remembered that he was from Ohio, but I don't. I feel like they haven't mentioned a whole lot that he's from Ohio State. Maybe I'm crazy. Yeah, it seems like no. It seems like they have played that down early in the season. They had um, Urban Meyer on the Big Ten Network. And they they talked to him to him briefly about it. I um, do remember, but that. I haven't really seen much yeah. outside of that. I feel like that's something that, knowing ESPN and how they love to to work on narratives, that they would just like weave throughout the season, sort yeah. of these parallel lines. I don't know, maybe because they've been so much on on Alabama and, and Tua, they haven't <laughs> they haven't <laughs> had time to to pump the Joe Burrow versus O State train. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it seems to it seems to me that if you believe in, you know, the, the college football conspiracy theories that they would find a way to find LSU at two or three or Ohio state and LSU at one and four. So they can assure that they get that game. Yeah. Cause who knows what would happen in the, there've been so many, I feel like half of these playoffs we've gone in being like, okay, one and two are going to meet. And then they don't. Yeah. And that, yeah. I, 
I don't know, but the ratings would be gangbusters. I feel like that's I, I'm I'm, I'm kind of shocked right now, just like knowing the ESPN narrative machine, how little I knew about that. And I felt like I'd heard it at some point, but it's not been drilled into my head like Tua, is he going to be OK? You know, Yeah, I mean, I, I think the other <laughs> angle is that maybe like if Joe Burrow was still there, I don't know that it would be out of the question that he wouldn't be starting. I mean, he may, he may not, but it would like it wouldn't be hands down either way because you have fields there, obviously. So I, I, I don't know. Um, outside of that, I was in Boone, North Carolina. Um, yeah, yes, yeah, so let's hear about that. Yeah, so the home I, of Appalachia State. I was on their campus. They were playing Texas State, um, and I don't know, man. I didn't really get to spend a whole lot of time in Boone, but it. It's like there's a lot of people that are happy that are very proud of Appalachian State. Um, it, like y- you just go everywhere you go in their their grocery stores, their Kroger's. It, it's App State everything. There's not like anything split. There's no North Carolina. There's no NC State. There's no Wake Forest. There's nothing like that. Um, which is weird because when I was in Winston Salem. Um, for the for the Louisville football game, there were a lot of people telling me, "Yeah, we're a Duke fan, we're a North Carolina fan, we're NC State fans, things like that." No, everyone there, and, and Boone, North Carolina, is an App State fan. Um, so so that's pretty cool. Um, I, I didn't really get to talk to many people about you know Satterfield and things like that. Got to got to check out the stadium. It looked like they were um, rebuilding it or or doing something to it, um, yeah. and it, it was pretty cool. But yeah, the town's cool. Um, it was cold as hell. Um, but other than that, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I've actually driven through Boone. It's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, um, pretty town. And, and that's a great area of North Carolina. If you've never been to that mountainous area is, uh, it's pretty nice. A lot of good. I'm sure you did some hiking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was hiking, um, <laughs> forgot basically how, you know, temperatures work and things like that and when you when you hike up to higher areas it gets much colder than it is on the ground um so there was snow mean. in some of the areas that we were hiking and it was like you know 20 degrees <laughs> yeah um forgot gloves forgot things like that um but you know it was good cool cool but it, it's i mean i've heard so many good things about Appalachia state and their fan base is fantastic so it's cool you got to hear about that and uh it does sound like everyone's pretty cool with Satterfield and all about that business. Um, but we are recording this on Friday and we are less than t- we are like 22 and a half hours um, from the Governor's Cup, Chris. So this is, you know, we're finally here, Louisville versus Kentucky. And we wanted to talk about the fact this is such a unique such a unique time for the governor's cup because both fan bases, I think really coming into this feeling good. We were talking a little before we started recording. Everyone's got their chest out, Chris. Yeah. I mean, you have to ignore the phone that's ringing in the background. It's going to stop. <laughs> you're at it. You're at a sign uh, shop. Is that, that's yeah, that's, that, that, that's a whole nother story. Um, but yeah, I'm at a sign shop that my fiance's parents own, um, getting this in for you. Cause you know, we love to provide we you content. We've got to provide. The <laughs> that's content. right. Um, but no man, like it just seems like in so many years that the outcome of this game has already been decided. And one of the fan bases has already been resigned to that fact, even like when Kentucky, you know, beat Lamar and Lamar fumbled, which I'm sure you've never heard before, but it I've never, never didn't know that happened. I didn't know. Yeah, no, I know it's, it's been buried in the history books, but it was a thing that happened. Um, but coming into some of these games, it just, we've never, 
felt any of the similar energy in quite some time that you get in basketball a lot where both fan bases are like, yeah, there's a very seeable scenario for us to win this game. And I I think my team's going to do it. And that's cool. Um, it's cool that we've had, you know, a week of sports talk radio where people are calling in and they're giving each other the business and things like that, because you don't get that typically in this football rivalry. Um, and I, I totally embrace it. And I think, this has been one of the first times where having the game at the end of the season has been extremely valuable Completely for, bo- for, for, for both teams. I mean, it, it took a little bit for Kentucky to figure out what they were going to do with Flynn Bowden, their quarterback. And obviously it's, I, I think Louisville, their, their defense has kind of went up and down, but I think in general terms that they've improved throughout the season. McCass, you know, made a lot of step forwards, things like that. Yeah, He so, got yeah, hurt and came back too. he'll be, he, sh- he should hopefully be a hundred percent. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I'm absolutely with you. I, I, you. Everyone always talks about the fact that the game's this late, and that's. That, I feel like that's just like a. That's been a question every year. It's like, oh, should the game be this late in the year? That's just like <laughs> a, a taking up time question because the actual game isn't as interesting. And I haven't heard anyone talk about that this year because yeah. everyone has a lot more to talk about. You're absolutely right. This is the first season I have felt like the trash talk for the game. It's not reached basketball levels. But this is the closest it's ever gotten in my experience. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it's never going to get to basketball. Of course. Unless of course. you get to a point where one of these teams is competing for a national championship and then you have that game at the end of the season. Yeah. Right. At that point, I, I think it would reach those levels. But yeah, man, it's it's been entertaining. Uh, I'll certainly say that because both fan bases, like like we said, they both think they can win. Yeah, it's, it's no question. And it, with that being said, I do want to break down what we think is, you know, what's the, what's at stake for each fan base? What's the fallout? What's the win loss scenario for him? I think we can start. I think we should start with Kentucky because um, they're interesting. What Chris to you is the fallout for Kentucky if they lose this matchup? Well, I mean, you've you've lost to Scott Satterfield in year one, and Kentucky fans are, or Louisville fans rather are going to make the argument that they're they're a better program. Um, and then that they yeah. pass you up and they have a better coach and they're going to have ammo to do so. I think like I, I'm one of those guys who has thought a little bit that, that the angle of Louisville's, you know, superiorness over Kentucky football has been played up a little bit because largely the last decade. Yeah. Louisville's got the best of them in the, in the head to head matches but right. over the last three or four years. Kentucky's definitely made some close that window. Some, um, so if you want to talk about where the programs are at, um, I think the window's closer than it's ever been. But Louisville wins on Saturday. I'm going to be making the argument that Louisville's already passed Kentucky up, and you should too, and everyone's going to have ammo to do that. No, I think that makes a ton of sense. And I, I'm I'm really looking forward to, you know, if Louisville wins, I'm looking forward to how Kentucky fans explain it. And Kentucky fans explain, I, I'm thinking sort of in like, as an, an extension of this Florida State story for Stoops. And this idea that Stoops, Stoops is, it's, I think Kentucky fans are trying to make the argument that Stoops is a Kentucky guy through and through, that he's just going to be their coach for a while at this point. Second time he's flirted with a job. The second time he's flirted with a job, the way that KSR and other organizations framed the, the, the fact that he didn't get offered the job and that means that he's staying in Kentucky. I mean, that was just, it's, it's hilarious how, how the, the Lexington media framed that one, not to say Louisville media hasn't done similar things in the past. That's fine, whatever. But I think, if you're a Kentucky fan, you know, you, 
obviously this wasn't the season. There's ways to explain this one away, but I think you would come out of this way more afraid for the next few years. If Louisville beats you in year one of Satterfield and knowing that this guy's going to be around for at least three to five years, if not more, and you might have another situation where you're going to get beat every year. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I think like at this point, Kentucky fans are kind of all in on Lim Bowden yeah. and what this season has become. I know they were a little bit sure, unsure for a bit. There was some excuse making for, for a bit. But at this point, I don't see many Kentucky fans picking Louisville to win this game. And I, I mean, I don't see many Louisville fans picking Kentucky to win this game. But at this point, like the, the excuses are going to be hard to come by. I mean, right. the, they go six and six, but that's the thing. Like the whole thing with Stoops is just, it, 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 it's weird. We're not going to talk about, you know, the ins and outs of Kentucky football for too long, but he, he's got himself to this position where he's going to be paid, you know, top 15 money to go win six or seven games a season. And yeah. I, I guess that's going to be acceptable. I, <laughs> it, it's, it's a weird spot for them. It really is. And if they and, lose this, lose this game, it's going to become much weirder. Yeah, and I was actually looking before I saw uh, I saw Matt Jones tweet out uh, some tweet that there's still ten thousand tickets left for the game tomorrow. Yeah, which I get it; it's going to be raining, but I don't know. I mean, sort of like we said, I, I think this is the this is I think the perfect kind of game for Kentucky fans to get excited about. And I'm I feel like I'm hearing from the excited from the people who are already excited. I'm hearing more excitement than ever before for the football game, but the fact that they still can't pack that house. I get it. It's raining. Louisville fans didn't show up for a senior day for, I think, one of the more successful teams in the past, you know, more you know, achievement wise, one of the more successful teams in the past few years. They didn't show up for senior day. I get the rain can be an issue for people. It's not a family friendly environment, the rain, Chris, you know, so you got, you know, <laughs> family friendly football, baby. It's got to be family friendly football and, and it might not be with the rain. With all that being said, um, Louisville side what's if Louisville loses how big of a deal is it Chris at this point I am fully expecting Louisville to beat Kentucky so I think it's a fairly decent deal I'm not going to it's not going to become you know a massive issue it wouldn't be like when Louisville lost them when Lamar had the fumble and that scenario went down um but I I don't we'll get to it in a second I don't think Kentucky's very good I, I just don't. Yeah. Um, and, and then you have a scenario to where, you know, we, we've we've talked about this defense all season about how they, they've went up and down. They haven't really improved. Um, they haven't been able to get pressure. And then when they do that, that they they lose people in coverage and things like that happen. You have a scenario now to where you don't have to worry about any of that. You, you, you get pressure. This guy's not going to throw the ball. Yeah. So you have a chance to to win a game against your arch rabble in a game where they're going to be extremely one dimensional. And you know, if you do one or two or three things really well, you're going to win and it's going to be, it's going to be very valuable. So I, I mean, I don't know. I, I never thought that I would be at the place that I'm at right now going into the season, but I, I think it would be a fairly big deal. What about you? Yeah, I think it'd be not to, not to say it wouldn't be a big deal. I don't think it's as big a video maybe as you do. I think it's a medium deal. <laughs> a, it's not overwhelming or it's underwhelming. It's not the green deal, but it's a medium deal. It's gotcha. just whelmed. It's just whelmed. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think the, the, I think the, it depends the on how they lose. 
Yeah, yes. like the circumstances for that Kentucky is in make me magnify it. Like if if you know they they opted to go to Sawyer Smith, he never gets hurt and he continues to be average and we're going into this game and he's starting, I wouldn't feel as strongly as I do. I just think that Louisville has a golden opportunity to make really big inroads in the state in recruiting and everything else. And all they really got to do is stop a guy, at quarterback, who's not going to throw the ball. And he's definitely not going to throw it with, with some of the weather that's coming in. Yeah. So I, I think the circumstances and the way the game's going to be played make, make that a bigger deal in my head. I, I really hadn't I thought about that question on Monday um, because I knew we were going to record at some point. And that was one of the things I wanted to discuss. And at, at that point, I really didn't know. But as the, the further we've got along in the week, I, I've got to this place where I'm just like, Louisville has the better offense. They have the better quarterback. They have the better running backs. They have the better wide receivers. They have the better mm-hmm. tight ends. I mean, they, they, they check a lot of boxes. Um, so I, th- that's why it becomes a bigger deal for me. I think for me, if, if the reason why Louisville loses their de- is their defense, if the offense performs and the defense just can't get stops, I'm going to be less inclined to consider that a big deal. I, I don't I, I, I think Russ Yeast is is one of the most important players of this defense and he's going to be out. Yeah. Um, I'm still concerned with Kane passes fitness. It's obvious he had to take some time off um, uh, in last week last week's matchup. I, I don't think he's still 100 um, percent. I, I saw, you know, not to not to just harp on some of this defensive stuff, but I saw Nick Roush post earlier today. Louisville gave up 267 yards to the 83rd ranked rushing offense in Syracuse. I'm just Mm -hmm. tackling was such an issue last weekend. I I, I just, I think if Louisville loses, that's my biggest concern is just defensively, which it should be for any Louisville fan. But if Louisville, Louisville's defense loses in the game, I'm I'm not going to be as upset as if, you know, Mikhail Cunningham just has the worst game of his career. I, yeah, I, I think that would upset me far more. Than, I think I've almost flipped it then <laughs> because I'm just like, <laughs> you know, they have one thing to stop. So this is one of the easier assignments that their defense has gotten six, seven games, even yeah. against a Syracuse, Syracuse team that was dreadful. Um, they, they still move the ball pretty well. They still had a quarterback that could throw the ball. I guess that's yeah. the way I look at it. I mean, you can certainly make the argument either way. I thought a stat that was. And I came across that was pretty interesting to me is, you know, against division one opponents, Kentucky's actually allowing more rushing yards per carry than Louisville. It's 4.8 versus 4.7. So that, wow. that was something that stuck out to me as well. Yeah, that's 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 that, that can that we can go ahead and, and transition our next our next topic, which we've sort of been breaching on. And that's the question. Are we sure Kentucky's good? Um, one stat that we talked about uh, we we got this one for football outsiders and there's a a ton of variations on this type of uh, statistic four of Kentucky's six wins have come from sub 100 teams teams that are outside the top 100 in college football they're 0-4 against those top 100 teams and then of course they got two wins against uh, those those non-division one teams so they've not really played good opponents. And I mean, compare that to Louisville. Louisville's three and four against top 50 teams. Um, of course, those four losses, all four losses went to top 50 teams. So they've been better against better competition. There's a few other, you know, analytical data. There's some, you know, Louisville's played one of the toughest defensive schedules in, in college football and performed pretty well against them um, while Kentucky hasn't been as good against a much worse defensive schedule. Right. So I guess, are we sure Kentucky's good? <laughs> <laughs> are we sure Lola's good? 
I mean, I guess yeah. it's, that's that's the thing that's going to be answered here. Um, to me, I have my beliefs. Like I like I kind of just explained. I don't think very highly of this Kentucky team. I really don't. I think they have wide receivers that are one of the strongest parts of their offense, but they don't get to utilize them properly because of obviously the situation that they found themselves in. Um, I think Limbo and being at quarterback is a great, you know, positive for them because it gives them a game breaker. He's going to touch the ball every, every time, but it also puts him in a situation to where Louisville has a guy like Tutu Atwell playing at wide receiver. They could have a guy like that at wide receiver playing there too, but they don't because they have to put him at quarterback. Um, so, I mean, I, that's that's kind of what I wonder about is going into this game is kind of part of the reason that it's gave me so much confidence is I do think that Louisville simply just winning these games against teams that are, you know, very similar to, to Louisville and, and talent gives them an upper leg in this game because they've got that confidence to do it. I mean, Kentucky's best win of the season is Missouri. Um, yeah. And, and Missouri's not. Good. I, no, they're not. They're they're one of those teams that's I think they were like 56 or 57 on that football outsiders list. Yeah. So they're I mean, they're, they're not great. And then outside of that, you have, you know, Vanderbilt, Toledo early in the season, um, Tennessee Martin and uh, the other two are escaping me, I guess, at this point. That's four wins right there. But none of them have been particularly impressive teams, I think. Louisville's best win probably at this point is Virginia. Um, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Who I mean, might, I, who I might go know. to an orange bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that, there's that old thing too. But how do you feel about all that? No, I think, I think it's really hard to say because I, 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 I look at all those numbers and I see all that and I see Louisville playing so well, but then the, the, the kind of the data point that sticks out to me, I, I, I can disagree. I, let me go through this with Louisville. So, I, I mean, they lose to they lose to Notre Dame and Notre Dame's a, a really good team and it's the first game of the season so I don't really take that into account. They lose to FSU. I think that that offense wasn't the offense that we're seeing here. So I'm willing Man, to discount be, that. That that game's going to continue to ever hurt. They that, have that game, game in their that game hurt. right now. Oh my lord! I think if you, I think even if they, if you switch the positioning of the Florida State and the Clemson games, that Florida State game is a win. Yep. Um, yep. Clemson is Clemson. Go ahead. Clemson is Clemson. So I'm, I mean, I, I can't really fault this team for losing to them. The one that just sticks out to me, Chris, and I, listen, I get it. Sometimes you show up to a stadium and the other team is just rip raring to go and they get shot out of a cannon. Right. I just feel like Louisville should have played better against Miami. And that's the game. And that's the performance that's that I'm coming to. And I look to every single time I think about this game tomorrow and prevents me from saying with all of my heart that Louisville will win on Saturday. And I I think that's a great point because what's the better comparison for this Kentucky team? Is it Virginia? Is it Miami? Is it a team that can simply overpower Louisville at, at the offensive and defensive lines? Because if they can do that, that game is going to look a lot more like that Miami game than that right. Virginia game. Right. I thought. I think that the advantage for Louisville, not to get like two X E and O's, but I think the advantage for Louisville this season has been they they have a small offensive line, they have a small defensive line, but the on offense they've been able to hit the edge. They, they they've been able to get wide on a lot of plays. So so while the offensive line isn't you know the biggest, they've been able to be mobile guys who have been able to get out of their blocks and move around. So I think that's something that they're going to have to do uh, against Kentucky if they're going to be one of those teams. Because I mean, that that that's the question to me: Are they Virginia? Are they Miami? I mean, that's a it, great point, and I think that's the question. I think that's the question is going to decide. I think you think they're more of a Virginia. I do. And, 
And I, I'm not I'm not quite sure. I'm not ready to say they're a Miami. I'm not ready to say they're a Virginia. So I don't know. I mean, I think Miami's played a lot tougher teams than, than Kentucky has. And they've, you know, they've they've got some some good wins on their schedule. And I mean, the thing about Miami is that they're pretty much every one they played outside of Clemson. They were superior athletically and a lot of them. They were superior talent wise. It was yeah. never a question about that. I mean, they just did lose to FIU. That's Which true. I don't even, I, I don't even understand this Miami team at, at all. So that's that's. I mean, that's what I think is is scary to me. And, and even from a, a, I feel a little bit better from a from a. I'm trying to say, a, a, find the word from a, kind of a, a mental standpoint. I feel yeah. better about this team going into it. I wonder. There was a lot of talk about Louisville at that point. They'd ripped off a few games in a row. I was starting to hear the whispers from from people around the team. You know, we could sweep. We could sweep this rest of the year. We could. You know, we 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 could finish with a six game win streak. And right. I wonder if that was an issue. Uh, you tweeted it out, and I've actually seen your tweet a few different places in in different groups and threads. Um, you, I, I don't remember exactly what you said, but something to the effect of, I love how little we're hearing from Louisville players this week. It's been great, dude. Because we're hearing a lot from Kentucky and Kentucky surrogates and people around that program. We're hearing a ton from them. And I I, I think I think Satterfield has this team under lock and key. And they're going to let their, like as corny as it sounds, they're going to let the talking happen on the field. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it was like a team wide thing, but I, I saw Des Fitzpatrick tweet out at the beginning of the week that he was something along the effects of that he was off social media for the rest of the week or, or, or something like that. Yeah. And I think that's great. I mean, I, I, I don't know how much I really want to buy into it, but I don't know. It's, it's I mean, I, there, I saw some, yeah, it speaks I, volumes. I completely agree. And then I'm seeing this guy. I don't know if he's still on the team or what. This guy, Phil Haskins. Did you see his tweet? I have not. He's like a defensive guy. I don't know if he's still on the roster, but at one point he played for Kentucky because he played in 2017, got one tackle in that Lamar game. Oh, yeah. And he, he tackled Lamar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He tweeted that. something to the effect, if you haven't seen it, he's deleted the tweet since. Something to the effect of he's get, like, Lamar, watch out when I get to the NFL. I'm going to tackle you again. <laughs> And my guy, you tackled, you tackled him once, and it's just like that type of talk that I'm hearing. I, that guy, that guy sounds exactly like the guy that you'd see the the Wednesday before Thanksgiving when you go out in your hometown who used to play football, <laughs> and he's going to tell everybody that he's about to go to the NFL and they better watch out. That's so, exactly that's exactly so who Phil, that guy is. Phil could be that guy, Chris. I'm not I'm not going to act like he's Cash Daniel coming out here <laughs> saying this. I'm not going to say it. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just I'm hearing that type of stuff from Kentucky. Lynn Bowden, you know, going the the who, you know, acting Calvin, like this is, Calvin Taylor was another one. Calvin Taylor, another one. Like these guys are just it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's it's, it's always been a thing. Like, I don't think and this is even a Mark, even, Mark Stoops thing. Like, it's no, no, but I was about to like, say Stoops. Stoops did it, too. Stoops sort of had a backhanded. It seemed like it was more against Petrino, but yeah. he sort of had a backhanded comment about the culture. You know, someone asked yeah. him about the culture of Louisville. Yeah. And he's like, well, just because it basically something to the effect of Petrino was was garbage which he was but it kind of i i could see how someone reading it was like well that was a slide at satterfield too some and, some Louisville fans took that the wrong way i didn't really make much of that i think that was just him saying you know it's not necessarily all about culture change there's a lot of yeah. talent on this team right 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I don't know. I don't know. But, it's interesting. But 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 to your point, I think mentally I feel good about where this team is compared to where they came out against um, Miami. So I'm really excited. I, I think that first quarter is really important for Louisville. If they can yeah. come out even to a 14-7 lead, you know, uh, at the end of the first quarter, I'm going to feel really good about the rest of the game. It's crazy because there's scenarios that I can see – you know, Louisville winning this game in a blowout, Louisville barely winning, Kentucky barely winning. I don't see Kentucky winning in a blowout as much just because they way they want to play and how Mark Stoops wants to run 14 plays and, you know, bury a clock at an eight minute drives like like his name, Charlie Strong or something like that. But I could absolutely see a scenario where, you know, Louisville gets up two scores and they they run rampant. I really could. I don't yeah, think no, it's I think gonna, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm not predicting it, um, but it, it's it's there as a plausible scenario, but I think that's definitely possible. I don't disagree with you at all. Don't disagree at all. It'll be interesting to see. Um, it, a few a few more specific things before we wrap up the Governors Cup uh, discussion. Um, we mentioned Cash Daniels, and you sort of said, Chris, you, you were doing some X's and O's. Look, Cash Daniels is a guy that doesn't really need to play. It seems like <laughs> against Louisville is sort of our vibe. Well, he's <laughs> listed. He's like. Kentucky's linebacker crew is probably like the best part. I think it's the strong suit of their defense. Right. Um, there's a there's a lot of guys in there that are really talented. A lot of good tacklers. A lot of good guys that you know probably will get a sniff at the league if not play on on teams. But Cash Daniels, I I don't see him as one of those guys, and he's listed as a starter. And I, I've just seen a lot of like plays that he's been involved in this season in pass coverage, and I'm like looking at it, and I'm like, if Louisville gets the opportunity to put Marshawn Ford or maybe even a running running back in those positions, they are going to eat him alive. Um, so I yeah. that's just like a weird side note. I'd be surprised if if he plays as much tomorrow as he has been. Because I think there are more talented guys on that roster than him. And I'm not really sure why he's even starting. But yeah, that's how I feel about it. <laughs> Yeah, no question. Uh, it would be interesting to see how much he plays. Um, uh, Stoops talked about it this week. He's gone through a lot of adversity this year. Um, a lot of stuff that we don't know about. So. Yeah, yeah. No, of- we'll leave that one there. We'll leave that one there. Uh, on the defensive side, we talked a lot about Louisville's defense. Um, I, I was poking through Keith Wynn of Card Chronicles. Uh, what to watch for, and he made he made some interesting points about what Louisville's defense needs to do. Uh, one part, you know, Louisville's Louisville must be opportunistic on defense. Yeah, yep. talked about uh, taking advantage of errant throws from Bowden. Uh, both of his interceptions of the year are on poor passes, and the one he had last week was an unbelievably bad decision. UT Martin made him pay by coming down with the pick, and UVL will have to do the same. Um, and then another one that Louisville needs to get UK into, long third downs. Uh, Bowden is 3-17 three, three on third downs throwing the football this season, and you couldn't ask for a better situation if you're Brian Brown. Getting them into those passing situations is tough with how well their offensive line plays, but other teams have gotten there, and if Louisville can force their and longs, they should look to contain Bowden's legs more than looking to pressure him with extra guys, which works at the advantage sort of what you were talking about, Chris, that Louisville's Louisville almost not being able to get to the quarterback and over pursue might help them in this situation. Yeah. It's kind of keeps Bowden in the pocket and gives him time. Um, even though he might just not, you know, not be able to do it. I don't know. I think the turnover things really like crucial um, because yeah. if they are, 
you know, the best comparison would be Virginia, then that, that was a big part of the reason that Louisville was able to win that game. They got short fields. Um, if you remember how that game kind of went down, I'm pretty sure they got a strip fumble on Virginia's opening drive when they were getting ready to go in and score. Um, so yeah. this, this defense, that's the one thing they have seen to be pretty consistently throughout the season is they haven't been great at a lot of things, but they've been pretty opportunistic. They've been able to force fumbles, um, force turnovers. So, I mean, even if it's not Lynn Bowden throwing the ball, um, he, he's been pretty careless with the ball, just, just carrying it and getting in that situation where he's the primary runner. Um, he's still not used to that. Um, I don't think you ever get used to that until you really go through a full season of that. So uh, I think there's going to be opportunities for Louisville to force those turnovers. They just got to be ready and they got to force them. No, absolutely. And it, it would be super interesting to see how they can take care of that. I think it's another kind of another area where losing Russ yeast kind of, kind of blows. He's had a few turnovers this season. Yeah. And, um, that secondary will have to take advantage of, of things. So that will be interesting. One last thing before we talk about this is of course the weather, it's going to rain a lot. Not not quite cats and dogs, my understanding, Chris, but it definitely will be a hamper. I don't think um, Louisville still kind of move the ball pretty pretty well in the rain against Syracuse, uh, and I think Kentucky will probably struggle on offense with the rain a little more in terms of mm-hmm. any kind of limited throwing that they were going to do. I don't see them doing it as much. Um, who do you think the rain benefits more, Chris? I think you make the case either way. Um, I think you can say it makes mobile, you know, a little bit more relying on the run. Um, and in that situation, their offensive line may struggle at times if Kentucky kind of knows what they're going to do. But as you said, I mean, uh, they pass the ball pretty well against Syracuse and you're probably going to get similar conditions on the field. Um, I, if it's not going to be a, a complete hamper, I'm pretty sure that's how it was like rainy at Syracuse that night. Um, right. So I don't, I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it does, maybe it does make Kentucky extremely even more one dimensional than they already were. And they're just not going to throw the ball at all. And if that's the case, yeah, I think it does benefit Louisville, but it could go either way. Really. I, I, I don't think it's, you know, strong either way. No, definitely. It will. Um, just taking a look at the. Uh, I thought I had like this nice like weather report, but it definitely was not. <laughs> that. Did you see the? Uh, did you see the uh, Lex Media um, do the L's down in the actual I did. weather report? I'm I like, did. Dude, are so nerdy. <laughs> just, like, just get over absolutely it. hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Man, oh, man. It's funny because, like I said, I've been in Ohio and I've caught some of their local right. news and, and kind of the way they talk about Michigan and things like that. They don't even call them Michigan. They just call them the team up north, which is kind of funny. Like they don't they don't say their names on any other, any other broadcasts <laughs> or, or anything like that. It, it, it's great. Yeah. Looking at the rain, it's less than an inch of rain. So, yeah, again, yeah. not cats and dogs. It's it's still going to be in the 50s. So it's not going to be super cold. I mean, that, that Syracuse game was very cold, too. So oh, it looks like it's not even going to be as bad as that, which is nice. Yeah. Um, do you want to pick the game? Do you want to pick? Do you want to give me a final score? <laughs> yeah, I think I think Louisville's going to win um, in a pretty relatively high scoring game. I have 37, 31. Um, is my final score. Okay. So going way over, I think that's something we both agree on is that this game is going to go over yes. the, uh, the, the point total. I don't know what it was. It was uh, hanging around like 53, 54, maybe something like that. Um, I, I, I'm not really sure, but I, I see it turning into a shootout and I, I don't really have much faith in Kentucky being able to, to win a shootout. And I do think that Louisville is going to be able to do enough on defense 
to um, to kind of come out with the W. I, I think that Louisville will get off to a hot start, and they'll kind of just be hanging on at the end. But that, that, that's the way I see it. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 34-27 Louisville. Um, I think I think Louisville's going to cross that 30 point threshold and I just don't see Kentucky doing that offensively. But I think there I think there's definitely going to be some moments. Um, one thing I'm, I'm super interested in seeing how it turns out is special teams wise. Um, yeah, if, if Louisville can get a big special teams play, um, I feel really good about I feel really good about the game. If, if that happens, especially in that first half, I think I'll kind of breathe a little easier for the rest of the game if they're able to get, you know, good return coverage because they've been pretty good on special teams. And my understanding is UK hasn't been the best at that, um, at covering special teams. So, um, yeah, any extra yardage on that will make lives much easier for this little offense. But a, a few other things kind of playing into this for me, um, the fact it isn't going to be a full house. I think a lot of Louisville fans are going to go. Yeah. You know, I'm hearing about a lot of Louisville fans who are going to Nashville tonight and going straight to UK the next day. That's a nice little two two for one special yeah. going to Nashville tonight, then going to Lexington for the football game. I've heard I, I literally have talked to like four or five people who are doing that, and it sounds like there's a decent contingent of folks who are. I mean, obviously that's just uh, that's just anecdotal, but it seems like there'll be a, a good Louisville crowd in Kentucky um, in the, in the stadium for that. They're not as they're not as scared as as I think in some years past of, of showing up. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's. Uh, Really real quick, before we talk about basketball, I wanted to talk about this Orange Bowl situation right now. Um, Dude, I don't even know what – like I really don't understand everything about what's going on. But essentially, the Orange Bowl is going to have their pick. It, it looks that way unless an ACC team is ranked in the in the final top 25. Which, right? which Virginia Tech is ranked 23. Yeah. So it's all moot. If Virginia Tech loses to Virginia, that's where it's a question. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I mean, think Virginia, Tech, Virginia, Virginia only Virginia only Virginia has Virginia three losses. Virginia yeah. is tied right now. The okay. uh, third quarter, the third quarter just began. So, okay. um, yeah, there's only they only have three losses. So I, I kind of I find it hard to believe that a nine and three Virginia wouldn't be ranked. I yeah. don't know. But I mean, they, but pro- bowl, they, they probably wise, would. I guess we we kind of hyped that up, and it's not there. But the point is that if there's no teams ranked. The Orange Bowl committee has to select the ACC representative. Assuming this is all assuming that Clemson wins out, gets into the playoff, an ACC team has to take that spot in the Orange Bowl. And if there's no Orange Bowl team ranked, the committee apparently gets to choose whoever the hell they want. Right. Which is kind of hilarious and fascinating. I, I think that's really funny. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think I, I don't know, a nine and three team, Virginia team not being right. Maybe it happens. I mean, maybe they 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 win this game and they they play in the ACC championship and they absolutely just get destroyed by Clemson, um, and that's something that keeps them from getting in that top twenty five. And if that does happen, it's going to be why not Louisville, man? Why not? It's going to be so entertaining to see Louisville fans lobby, lobbying against Virginia fans. At, at that point, if you're making, you know. Just even looking at it from a revenue standpoint, I think the answer would be pretty obvious. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Virginia fans are going to travel in bunches to the Orange Bowl. That'd be so hilarious, man. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but outside of that, it looks like it's kind of the same bowl type of eligibility areas. We're looking at the Camping World Bowl and all that type of stuff, and potentially Music City, potentially Belk. 
that same mash of stuff. Um, so we'll see. I think after UK, we'll get a much better idea for sure. Um, on, on where to go on that front. Let's talk about basketball really quick, Chris. Uh, Louisville literally tips off in about three hours, so we can't really talk a ton about Western. Um, the spread is 11 and a half. Hopefully, after you, while you're listening, this Louisville will have won. Yeah. Nice. Um, any notes? Uh, you you kind of were talking before we, we started recording that you're like, people think Louisville might like not play as well or that this will be a close-ish game. Yeah, and there's a... Assuage those concerns. <laughs> there's a few people worried about this this Louisville Western game, and I just don't see it. I, I think Western's one of the worst defensive teams that that Louisville has faced. Um, behind, you know, NC Central and USC Upstate were obviously really awful. But besides those two teams, this is they're they're worse than Akron, they're worse than Miami, um, and those are situations where where Louisville's been able to really excel. Um, they've right. had I think ten. It's either ten or eleven runs of twelve and a runs this year, um, so I, I, I don't know. I just see this in a scenario where Louisville's going to come out firing offensively, and they're going to be able to handle business. Um, Charles Bassey, to me, is you know he's good. He he could be you know a first rounder, but I think if he's, if he was on a team like Louisville, he would kind of just be another guy. I don't see much of a difference between him and Stephen Enoch. Um, that, that, that's just me. Um, I, I think me, more people are worried about this Western game just because, you know, if Louisville wins, they're obviously going to be number one. So they have this weird superstition that for some reason, Louisville's not going to play to the best of their abilities, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah. And I think, I think Louisville fans are really concerned over what they've just seen in general, um, in, in, from college basketball. And then also how they've played the last few games. They look yeah. pretty rough at times against Akron. That was Louisville's worst shooting performance of the year. So, uh, so far. So I, I, I have to assume that's not the norm, you know, just based on math at this point. Um, it'll be interesting. Uh, they have an 86% chance of winning. Ken Palm has them uh, winning 77 to 65. Uh, seems like there'll be a good amount of Louisville fans. or be a good amount of Western fans as always. Western always travels pretty well um, to, to, I mean- to Nashville. With this with this team in general, I think something that we're seeing kind of unfold in these last few games is that Louisville needs somebody perimeter defense. They they need someone to step up in that in that area because it seems like to me, I don't know, may, maybe you have a different opinion, but it seems like to me there's a lot of straight line drives happening and again, it's kind of the same things that are, that 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 hampered them last season on the on the defensive side. Yes. Um, so I, I don't know. I think this Louisville team really needs someone on the perimeters step up and be kind of a lockdown defender. They even had it last year with Quan Four, and it really didn't. It, it didn't. It kind of stifled them because it made them play with one less player on the other side of the ball. So I mean, we keep talking about you know Darius Perry, Darius Perry, Darius Perry. The leap needs to happen. I, 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 I think I'm prepared to say that it needs to happen in the next few weeks. You're going to go into the meat of the schedule. Michigan looks very good. Um, I, I think, I don't think, you know, the best of North Carolina, but they did just beat a pretty good Oregon team. Um, just a few hours before, well, I guess a few minutes before we get on this podcast. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Michigan's coming up Tuesday night. Um, Xavier Simpson's no slouch. He's going to test Louisville pretty, I for, pretty I strongly. He's the so, same. Yeah. He's been on this team for forever. It's like, is he like a fifth year senior? <laughs> I, I thought he, I really thought last year was last season. Yeah. Um, one more note on Western. They, I didn't realize how well they shoot the ball. They shoot 40% from three this season, but they haven't yeah, really played it, anybody. It's just kind of strange on strange, I think. Yeah. 
And be I, interesting. I, I don't know. I think Louisville's just they, they do they do the things much better than Western does the things that they do the better. So I think exactly. it's extremes on extremes. So I don't know. That's why I feel so good about it, I guess. No, that makes sense. I think defensively, uh they've been able Louisville's actually been pretty decent. You know, they have the twenty fifth, you know, teams are they're twenty fifth in effective field goal percentage on defense. So that's gone pretty well. But you're right. Well let's before we get out of here, I really will quick want to talk about this Tuesday game because I don't think we'll I don't think we'll pod before then. Um Michigan looks really good. And uh, I'm really, really concerned. I tweeted about this. I'm really concerned about the bigs. I'm really concerned about Teske versus Enoch. Mm-hmm. Um because as you can sort, you know, Malik, Malik is better defensively. Um, but Enoch, I think, offers that 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 interesting dimension on offense. So it will be I, I think Louisville will have to play some of their best defensive effort um, to to of the season for that to for that to be a win. Yeah, I mean, Michigan Gonzaga tips off in a few minutes, and that's going to be a really interesting game to watch Michigan again right. um, because Gonzaga has those those mobile bigs. They kind of play. I don't think um, your boy Mark Hugh labels it this way, um, but in a lot of ways, they, they seem to play positionless basketball where a lot of their guys are interchangeable. They just move them around that way. Um, and, and Michigan has those two bigs who I, I got into a discussion with a guy on Twitter last night about if you if I would actually label their bigs as mobile, and I absolutely would. Um, I, I think they can, especially Teske, I think he can move Enoch around, and that's where we talk about, you know, the the, the things we've discussed all season. His lateral quickness, his his ability to move and get back to the basket off those, those hedgings and things like that. So I'm right there with you. Um, there's a great reason for, for Louisville fans and for you and for me to be apprehensive about this Tuesday game. I am. I am. Uh, one thing that puts me at ease a little bit is Michigan is going to be coming off of playing three stri- three games in three days. Sure. Hard fought. I I I think this Gonzaga game is going to be very hard fought. Hard fought. Um, if you're a Louisville, if Louisville fan, I'm sure you'd love for that game to go overtime. Um, they played. You know, they kind of whooped on North Carolina, so maybe they didn't exert all their energy there. But that uh, Iowa State game was pretty close, my, if I recall, until the end. Um, so they've exerted some energy and there's going to be some travel associated with them. I think it's kind of a quick turnaround. I'm sure they'll leave tomorrow and then immediately hop on a plane on Tuesday to come to Louisville. Uh, yeah, not, I mean, a, not that, a ton that, of time that, to rest. That's kind of wild. Maui, you leave from Maui on Sunday and then you're playing. Or Atlanta, Bahamas, Tuesday. you mean? Yeah, Bahamas. Sorry, I yeah. get, the, get the two confused. But either way, Bahamas, you're, you're leaving on Sunday and then you're playing in Louisville on Tuesday. That is a quick turnaround, something I haven't even thought about that. I do um, – there's been an angle out there from some people that, you know, if Michigan plays Gonzaga, at least just relatively respective, that they're going to get pretty overinflated simply because you have the Juwan Howard angle, you have the Michigan's back angle, you have those things. So I, I do look for Michigan to make a pretty considerable jump. jump. I mean, that, they'll, they'll definitely be into the top 25. They may be even to the top 15. I was about I, to I, say, I, think, I, I could see them making the top 15, especially if they win this game. So that that's that's huge. Um, you're gonna have a and game that instantly becomes that, like the biggest, right? That that's kind of the biggest game of the Big Ten, or the big yeah, the Big Ten ACC Challenge, right? Yeah, I mean it's gonna have huge buzz. Um, and I mean the 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 biggest Louisville game last season, I, I think at home certainly was Louisville North Carolina, where they kind of came out and showed a showed up and showed a dud. Um, so it, it'll be a nice, like kind of early season test to see if they've been able to kind of 
kill some of those demons. Um, B, you know, we'll be talked about toughness and, and, mm-hmm. and things like that and, and kind of get through some of that stuff because it's quickly going to become kind of a marquee matchup. You're going to get, you know, Monday and Sunday to promote this thing. And if, especially if Michigan wins, it, it's going to be heavily promoted and it's become a, a pretty big deal. Yeah. On Tuesday, I think the, uh, the bigger game probably will be Duke Michigan state just promotion wise, yeah. but that's, that's going to be great back to back. And then yeah. Ohio state at North Carolina and Virginia at Purdue on Wednesday. So that, that'll be, that, man, it's a really good, I think it's a really good it's set really of games this year. Um, that's really fun. So looking forward to that Florida state, Indiana, you know, that's, that's another one. Another, yeah. another interesting, <laughs> just messing around with our IU fence. Um, <laughs> Anything else? Hey, Indiana's one of the 27 teams left in college basketball undefeated. So there's yes. that. Shout out, shout out to IU. Um, shout Even out to all I our think friends. Archie Miller is absolutely one of the nerdiest coaches in college basketball. <laughs> did you see? Did you see the press conference about load management and and him addressing load management in the NBA? No, I didn't. Oh but I'm sure it's going to be very you, Indiana. You have to go back and see that. It's just, it's just basically Archie just screaming about load management and how they don't do that in college basketball because they're not a bunch of sissies it's great it's really great that's hilarious but yeah man i I, I think that covers um covers everything for me i'm hoping for the phone is ringing so the phone is the phone is ringing again for me so yeah that's our cue to get out of here um thanks everyone for listening thanks chris for jumping on uh got a good quick pod in and uh we hope you enjoy the rest of the sports weekend and we will talk to you next week go cards